0: Welcome back to another episode of The Authors Unite Show. Here's your host, Tyler Wagner. All right, everybody, welcome to the medium. Um, <laughs> this is Jay Duran. Welcome to the show, brother. It's
1: a pleasure having me. <laughs> I've been uh, waiting to
0: use that. Yeah, no, that's very good. I'm glad you did.
1: Pleasure's um, all yours. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited wait. to see the comments so we can have healthy conflict when, when people yeah. tune in.
0: So in this guy. What, what's your typical response again? When I ask like, how are you, what do you say? Oh, better well, than- before <laughs>
1: COVID. It was better than most, which the credit is due to less Brown. That's a okay. less Brown quote.
0: Okay. Gotcha. And then I
1: stopped for a little while until I realized that cases were higher that, well, that's weren't even talked about. And then cases were just going up and up and up. And yeah. now it's, I, I feel like I can bring back better than most and it may not be insensitive to people, but of course, By the way, you know, God rest anyone's soul that was lost in this pandemic, and I mean no insult to anybody, you know, personally. Yeah,
0: for sure. So that's what the
1: saying was for many years. Someone asked me how I'm doing. Better than most, and I put it uh, on the shelf at the beginning of the lockdowns in March, and I've just recently taken it off the shelf and used it. And I think if I reflect on what I actually said in respect to questions strangers or family or client whatever what have you ask the how are you doing i don't know what i said for the last nine months or so i might have just made a, 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 a i don't know
0: i said I get away from that. me <laughs> <laughs> i'm scared of you no i didn't say it. that's uh, happened i know <laughs> okay we'll get into that but so i want to start off with a big question because then i think it'll really will go into so many different elements with it so the question is, from when this country was founded to where we are now, how did we get to where we are now? Like, what do you think is happening? Big question.
1: Well, this. Give this, us the
0: time. Yeah. Give us the timeline. This line. phone. Okay. This phone
1: yeah. is, a, a, I would argue, a positive symptom of our human culture's insecurity related to its idealistic endeavor, meaning we are uncertain about these big questions that you ask, Mm -hmm. whether we are aware of our uncertainty or whether we are not. And all of us, no matter what, where we come from or what we look like, we are striving to go somewhere. And Mm -hmm. regardless of, you know, we could talk on what, on what resolution, political, communal, business, just, well, just to answer your question, like the big, I would start here is that we are developing through technology Mm-hmm. we as in the human race has always had the existential crisis of who are we what are we why are we dot 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 mm-hmm. and we're at an, an inflection point in our species special evolution where technology has literally given all of us billions of people the ability to be a dictator or a benevolent uh, leader meaning mm-hmm. How each and every one of your listeners, how you and me interact on these mediums or on our our Facebooks or Instagrams or TikToks with interacting with people in comment sections, that reveals our individual character. And it looks to me like what's different from now and the founding of this nation even thousands of years ago and so on is we haven't changed much at all. Mm. Social isn't changing us. It's revealing what we are, who we are through our interactivity and that's 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 a hard thing to grapple with yeah think about how many people delete comments unfriend people block people use divisive language like hater or libtard or fascist without having done the work to read both sides of a of a thesis and an antithesis to come to a reasonable understanding of what the context of these words really mean when they're put out through someone's being into the world, how easily all of that's acting itself out. What's different from now in the beginning of the country is there's hundreds of millions of people in this ecosystem of shared belief that have the ability every day when they wake up and they check their email and they go on their comment section to act out authoritarianism mm-hmm. or act out empathetic inquiry. So the former, for example, acting out authoritarianism. Any individual that has a problem with what's happening in our country that then lives their daily lives, like all the conflict and whatnot and all of the divisiveness, that lives their daily lives, blocking people on their mediums, just uh, ad hominems. Anyone could Google that, the lowest form of communication for violence. When you say, you suck, you're this, you're that, and you avoid the topic and just talk about the person's identity or their, their, their character. Mm-hmm. If we're doing this in our daily lives, well, now we are could be labeled as authoritative. or or rather authoritarian. That person's outcome in their life is not going to be positive. Someone that empathetically inquires or openly, vulnerably, because one has to be vulnerable to ask questions, vulnerable to tell what they believe is true without attacking someone, they're going to navigate their lives just like they would have done 100 years ago in reality of just like day to day without social, I just like threw my phone around, without social, (laughs) you know media which is another lens of reality through this technology but it's that times exponential and then now everyone can see what you're thinking so my short answer of difference and then and now is we all have the ability to be masters of the universe and we're enslaving ourselves through how we interact with each other it's a nonpartisan conversation at that resolution it's an existential uh question and, and, mm-hmm. and, and discuss it in a dialogue. That's I don't see. I'm, I'm like trying to read everything I can YouTube, everything I can Google, everything I can. I, and I'm unable to, to find one, at least at this point, which every, any of your listeners could put in the comment section is a place where people actually have different points of view are openly arguing and having verbal healthy conflict without yeah. offing each other. So this is my simple answer. Social media is not the dilemma, it's the opportunity, respect of how we interact with it, social media is not changing us, it's revealing more about the human condition than we, any, any professor, any genius, anyone has ever singly or collectively articulated. We yeah. are finding out what we are as we interact with, by, in relation to one another through technology. And that is causing so much conflict we're not used to yeah and it seems as though it's going at an infinite regress of like we can just go backwards all the way down to just you know one person versus another person hundreds of millions of people they're all on their own little island mm-hmm. like we could all argue so that's my i'm sweating already we just started no, this, this thing. is
0: good that's what Th- want. thanks
1: thanks this... for inviting me on the, on the is this the authors unite podcast that's what this yeah is. this
0: well yeah this is even more than that this what's I, I it want... called This It's called the Authors Unite show plus the Tyler J experience. (laughs)
1: Well, I did this because of your character, who you are, and our culture, the friendship that we have developed over the years based on our aligning and and misaligning values and (laughs) comments. So thank you for the invitation.
0: um, Okay, so I wanted to um, uh, say, so with the censoring, though, and I think that's one of the biggest issues is like, and, and I'm not saying one side is doing it more than the other, although it does seem that way. Like on social media, I think a lot of people do want to speak out, but after they've seen things like Alex Jones and some other people that just get, is the word doxed? Is that what doxed means? Where you just I don't know. Tested? What is that? I've okay. never heard of it. I, I've heard the word where basically like people are posting stuff and then based on their views and then like even Twitter right now, best example of this is Donald Trump. Like every tweet that he does, It says below that, like the uh, uh, president elect is Joe Biden. So basically every tweet that uh, Trump does now, uh, Twitter is like, this is a lie, like the foundation Mm -hmm. of it's a lie. So I think that's kind of what's holding some people back is like they are censoring, like some of what you're saying, especially it seems to be more so on the right side of things. So.
1: Well, would you draw a differentiation between the act of projecting who's winning versus censor? Like censoring is a different conversation. Also, the word technically yeah. it can't, it isn't censoring until the legal system catches up to the technology. Going back to what I said before, because the public for like there, there's an argument right now that people are working towards considering social media platforms and the freedoms by which independent business owners have the ability to choose. Who comes into their restaurant or not? When I use the word, you know, medium restaurant, I'm talking about Facebook. Like yeah. a restaurant and say, we don't want you coming here, as long as it's not specifically attacking someone's rights. A business owner has the right to say we don't want this business. Yeah. So there's a fine line between we don't want this on our platform and we can't do anything to stop people from doing things on the platform. Even so, what I'm saying is the law hasn't caught up to the technology. So even yeah. the word "censor," it's it's this. It, ironically, it's the same thing as <laughs> yeah. the projected presidency. When people say, "Oh, you're censoring me," that's the same line of of uh, projection as President-elect Biden, who technically hasn't been elected as president yet. He's the uh, you know the electoral college hasn't worked that out yet. It's not over. Yeah. The current president is still Trump, but the projection is. This is, the elect, uh, this is going to be the president. Is that correct? That you're seeing that everywhere yeah. through the platforms. When we, yeah. So what I'm, say, I'm drawing an analogy. When we as individuals who don't like what's going on around us say they're censoring us, well, technically they're not censoring us. They have the right to do that.
0: Yeah, I got it. So
1: you. we're actually acting out the same neuroses as those mm-hmm. we disagree with. Mm-hmm. That brings me back to what the actual problem is. Mm-hmm. We don't know who we are. We don't know what we are, and we don't know how to interact with each other in an open, honest, vulnerable, uh, empathetic, reasonable, inquiring, munificent, (laughs) benevolent, lovingly uh, way.
0: So wait, how do we, okay, so first off, before we go even deeper, cause I, I didn't really give like an introduction and there's there's a lot that I could say about you, but I wanna just point this out. Cause for me, I, I really wanted to do this because I think it's really important with what everything that's just going on. I think this conversation could really help a lot of people. So first off, with you've done the work on both sides. And I remember like we had a conversation it was over this summer. And you had asked me if I read some of these books like uh, White Fragility, Anti-Racist, like some of these uh, other books, let's say. And, you know, I I like Alex. Yeah, yeah. And and I had it right. And I even said, like, I would find it to be somewhat painful, I think, to listen to. those. (laughs) But the truth is, is like, that's the same kind of thing that's happening. Right. Is that both sides just think the other side is so like off par that they're not willing to interact even right and actually I'm curious because you sent this video to me um the I think it was the anti-racist they just came out with a children's book beautiful illustrations um and <laughs> and so and you know Ben Shapiro did a video on it what are your thoughts on on that to start on the
1: <laughs> okay so first we have to break an assumption down that I believe has is leading Has led to history repeating itself and will continue to lead to us through our own inner contradictions, creating malevolence in the world, creating unnecessary conflicts in the world uh, through not understanding empathy because we think we understand it rather than acting it out. Mm -hmm. So the, the assumption is that evil people consciously do evil
0: things. Yes, this is where my I'm
1: argument at. is emotional, intelligent beings, which is everybody in their own regard, do things with the best interest of themselves and others by, by nature. Mm-hmm. And if those activities are done without healthy conflict, and when I say healthy conflict, I'm talking about argument rather than literally unhealthy conflict which would be violence war really reveals culture who is the winner what is true so on you have a two sides of a view that are completely opposite one has their thesis and their antagonist their subjective antagonist represents an opposite view the antith- antithesis to their thesis and the synthesis which will align the culture and make everybody better without everyone, without any party getting everything they want, because that would be impossible with freedom of opportunity through that healthy conflict, not violence, but interaction, which, you know, go back makes our constitutional republic so awesome in that regard, how it was set up to have that. Then the truth is unveiled of what would be agreed upon. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I believe if both sides of a coin don't read and interact with the opposite, they're not acting out the empathy necessary so that when they come to each other, they won't communicate, arguing the topics. They're going to communicate, arguing each other. Mm -hmm. So if they argue each other, We must understand that whatever we represent as far as what we believe in is based on our psychological disposition, which is based on our environment related to our genes. So to understand the individual, you must understand the group. And to understand the group, you must understand the individual. So there's a simultaneity simultaneity to truth. There And me, I'll you an example. Me, I'm reading all sides possible, Mm -hmm. and I see... Where natural, into like um, abstract, uh, honest like meaning consciously honest, not subconsciously dishonest ideas would form to say, "Hey, this is how we want to solve a problem." Mm-hmm. So just go back to my the beginning of my diet, what I was my retort to you, yeah. the assumption that people are evil, or, or for example, the guy or gal that wrote this book saying this is doing it for the worst intentions. That assumption is irresponsible of the assumer Mm -hmm. we're already starting out in a self-negation stunting the ability to converse and the etymology of conversation is convert we're going to learn from each other we're going to convert from each other and if we go along that route that leads to war like violence the, 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 the absolute lowest form of conflict which is the physical conflict and everyone's doing uh, acting that out uh that i'm seeing that irresponsible yeah. in that regard and so anyone listening to this can is only going to live through themselves in relation to others so for them to create open honest healthy verbal conflict in their life where resolutions are actually acted out they are the ones that will have to burden the responsibility of their emotions relating to people calling the miss calling them that and acting a certain way they will have to bring their openness work through their emotions and inquire which means they have to actually ask questions they have to actually be open to hearing another person's point of view and this goes for all sides yeah. if we don't do this as a culture the culture is done and, and at the macro level and, and it will, and no matter what, but this is, I am, just to clarify, I'm a cultural advisor at organizations. My work is centered around understanding culture on a micro macro level. I work behind the scenes with the ownership only to help them develop good deeds, good thoughts, and good word to be honest with themselves. And that helps the entire organization, hire, fire, develop humans. That's my daily work. And what I see is people at the helm they, they don't need to consciously be doing something that, could, that would be perceived as bad to do things that end up bad for themselves yeah. and others. This is b- part of our nature. We are, I, I say, we are honest liars. We're honest in public, but we lie to ourselves. And the value in that is, individually, we're not going to work out our own paradoxes, our own inner contradictions, but together we do. Together mm-hmm. we do when we have that open conflict. So my, my ask of everyone listening would be everything you disagree with, go deep in that information. Read it. You will, you will metamorphosize. When you're in a conversation with someone that you disagree with after you've done the work, there will be a piece about you where you can actually hear them. I have experienced this. I wasn't told to do this. I, I said it was an intuition. Oh, what if I read as much as I possibly can of every layer? In as an example, when the lockdown first occurred, I was emotional. Like, wow, you know, this is really bad. Because of course, uh, business is a vessel to our being. It's like a laboratory in real life. You learn a tremendous amount working with organizations behind the scenes about the human condition because They're cultures. That's what a business is. Uh, And I define culture as a metaphorical ecosystem of shared belief created by an influencer and maintained by the alignment of the influence. The influencer is the founder and the alignment of the influence is the relative agreement of what to do and what not to do in relation to the employees and the customers and so on. And that's acted out by story, language, symbolism, mediums, and the actual psychological disposition or interact interaction in a relation of the owner. So it's, a literal library or library laboratory laboratory L- literal library is just reading damn books everyone should read <laughs> the thing. L- laboratory so in this you you recognize that people here's an example um evil dictators even like ah oh, you know they're born that way that could be and they're w- statistically there's a percentage of the population that are something with their brain it's off or Something occurred in their child, you know, childhood or, or at some point in their life, environmentally, that flipped that switch. Now it's like, I'm just off. But we don't know the limits to that person. What could actually shift them into their own salvation? Well, my argument is that the majority of humans are so likely to act out evil. It's because they're so interested in being good, they, they sacrifice their intuition, their reason, and their values in that moment of truth, and they commit acts of evil. And this is both sides. It's the person that self-righteously smashes somebody in the nose in that argument at the very end where they just can't see eye to eye on something. And it's like, oh, I'm, you know, that's what I had to do. It's these little micro things. Um, So,
0: yeah.
1: So on that book, for example, I do not, after reading this individual's literature, there's no sign to me that this person, uh, Ibra Max Kendi is up to any, intentional malevolence. Philosophically, he aligns with some, and I'm not fully done understanding the information, um, not to say that one could ever be, uh, but some form like underneath the argument is a philosophy that's antithetical to our system of governance, because that's the solution to racism is, let's, let's turn all the laws around and change them, which essentially means let's abandon the constitution and develop a new ecosystem. That is not, oh, he's malevolent, he's evil. That is, this is an individual that prescribes to a philosophy that would be more aligned with China, potentially. Some form of socialistic, capitalistic agglomeration of values, ideology, and work ethic. What's in our culture today is people genuinely, well, (laughs) this is another thing. When we dialogue with the majority of people, their job is not to know the big, or not even to know the big questions. And they're not thinking about the big questions or their or answers to them, which by the way, we're never going to have them, all of them. <laughs> we're all trying to figure this out. How about that for actually being grateful? Yeah. <laughs> the majority of people, so so here's an example. When people say, oh, you're a liberal, oh, you're a republic, oh, you're a libertarian, oh, you're a Marxist, oh, you're a communist, you're a piece of shit. That's, Irresponsible, linguistically, it's a wep- it's a weaponization of language, and it's an obvious defense to, to the wielder of that language because that person is actually – well, their flesh, their bone, they're, they, 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 have, they have the likelihood that their whole life isn't dedicated to answering those questions. What are they doing? They're absorbing information from someone that did, a leader in relation to them. Even if they're a leader, there's, resol- there's levels of leadership. So we're not attacking them. We can't attack them. We have to converse about the topics and we'll convert them potentially. And them us. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to these, uh, anything really, you have to look at what are the leaders. And that's what I've spent a tremendous amount of time. What are the leaders of the movements thinking and not thinking? What is the philosophy presupposing all of the ideology and movement and activity and explicit rhetoric and, and, and solutions. And from what I've noticed is uh, what I've gathered, uh, uh, observed and, and try- worked through is there's a um, part of the postmodern idea is that the self is in the way of itself. Selfishness has no function in the future of society. And we have to come together as one. And that means giving up a lot of things that we believe in, that we want, our own pride. So in the end, it'll all work out now. This is not something new because Stalin really did uh, what the literature shows. He, he, he's, it's worth the sacrifice. If a couple million people die, I'm great. (laughs) That's so that's what I want to say. First articulate to our audience is that when you label someone a Kierkegaard would say you negate them and Mm -hmm. enslave and enchain yourself in your own dogma, we can't do that if we're going to move. And this is what I'm saying. Technology is revealing us we do this, this transcends uh, and, and for example, racism that exists in all cultures, that's a symptom of our inability to burden the responsibility of our individuality, which is based on our epistemological understanding and our, our awareness. And, and these are developing as our species develops through technology. So essentially, we're, we're naked and we don't like the way we look and can't stomach ourselves in relation to other the way other people want to live, and so when I t- when you talk about the anti-racist uh, rhetoric, which by the way I do believe there's dangers to it because it's um, unfortunately s- solving symptoms, not the problem, and through solving symptoms tends to create more symptoms and just divide. And it it, it tends it's it's a, it's a you if you read the literature, it's like you it's it's you're A or B, you're either uh, a segregationist. This is from Stamped, one of the books. You're either a segre- there's three options you're either a segregationist which is no good essentially you're a racist you're an assimilationist and they say verbatim you're a coward the assimilate is when people all get they buy into the over macro uh culture and in america it would be western culture judeo-christian that's labeled as the white patriarchy okay let's just say it is for argument's sake and then so the first one is segregationist ah, you're racist Second is, oh, you're assimilacious. Ah, you're a coward or implicitly a racist. And then the third is, you're an anti-racist and you're loving. Well, that's a contradiction because nothing that has been said is loving. So it's rather it's like I'm acting out in violence because I love you so much in the world. I will kill you so it's better. <laughs> ah, it's, it's not gonna work, guys. Because this, this thing, because I've I've I spent so much time and money and energy in, on, on our our company dollar investing. In learning and yeah i see a lot of what uh where all of this would evolve from i mean essentially yeah. capitalism the way it is now will not bring us into the next epoch and okay. i don't want i don't actually believe that uh the marxist ideology will but people that are educated and intellectual do they do think that it's like where's our where's the next Adam Smith? Where's the next John Locke? Where are the next founding fathers, mothers, children, people? Where are they? Mm-hmm. Well, I think they're online and they're talking and they're doing. Things. Yeah. So right that's my short answer. <laughs>
0: yeah. So
1: uh, the, the social opportunity is one of the natural uh, the Capitalism is held together by entitlement and resentment, and it's driven through by admiration. Like, meaning the mentee seeks the mentor to learn the skills necessary to conquer and slay the dragon. Capitalism, free market capitalism gives everybody an opportunity today. It didn't always, which is another point of contention, which has to be talked about. But today, and, and, and that's where a lot of this comes from, right? At the, least the, the, the emotional push it, it grants people the opportunity to seek what they by nature are not going to fully get from the home no matter if they have a total perfect household like a per, there's no such thing free market yeah. capitalism actually enables someone an individual to follow their hero's journey seek the mentor Uh, Try and fail. Learn from their mistakes. Slay the dragon. Become someone. But then what's next? Well, there, there isn't a next. And that creates with people that have never learned how to live, which I believe is revealed in how we interact with each other. Guilt. The guilt of the entrepreneur, of the aristocracy, will lead to the overwhelming victim narrative to the proletariat, to the the poor that seem oppressed. Because they literally are, but at the same time, in a free market capitalism, like materially they are, but psychologically they don't have to be. Sociologically, they also aren't on a macro level, but they are, if they're black in their micro, microcosm. Yeah, they are. There's valid literature there. They're, we have to have these conversations and so we can't alienate each other. Mm-hmm. So what I, my call to action is for everyone, you have to read both sides, all sides. Listen to it, read it, talk about it with people. And you can't call people names and negate them because you're actually enslaving yourself to learn about them and yourself through that interaction and so what is happening in our human culture today is what we've always been just like poof, explosions Culture's catching up to time mm-hmm. and it's revealing our our cracks so uh shoot you know maybe uh I, you know what, 15 more minutes and then i'll finish.
0: so wait wait to to come full circle on that like what would be i don't know if ideal is the right word but the ideal scenario between the author of the anti-racist and ben shapiro like would it be because i the video i watched uh ben shapiro's full video and uh one of the things he said is he said the author i think he used the word charlatan because basically the book uh from what uh ben said is you know you read the book and he basically says you know if you're not out there like Fighting people uh, against racism, then you are indeed a racist. Like you're born as a racist, essentially. So, and then he he says the only way, essentially, for you to not be a racist is to hire me, to like speak or come to your company and teach all of your employees. <laughs> so he says. So, but that that right there, whether true or not true, that negates a potential uh, discussion because right off the bat, he's saying you're a charlatan everything you do is like a cheat and a lie or whatever you know so what's the ideal scenario for them both and not to come to a conclusion because can we ever actually come to a full conclusion i think it's just an ongoing dialogue right but how does it like how would you see it working best like ben instead of him doing that video just being like hey i don't agree with these things and invite him on his show and then they just openly discuss well
1: from what i've Watched yeah. of people on Ben's side of the equation, yeah. Uh, they often speak about how they 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 do that, and they all and I don't know personally because I haven't asked them, and I yeah, also yeah. wasn't there. For but sure, they, they they offer they say that oh, they yeah. offer opportunities. They do, Dennis yeah. Prager said I'll, I t- he offered twenty thousand. Eddie would have come on his show. Eddie would have come dialogue <laughs> That's with him. Sick. What? Cool. What? Okay. To, to answer your question, then I also have another question for you. But to answer your question. Yeah. What? Who in the right mind would want to go on a show? where if they watched or logged into it, the show is completely about how they're an yeah. asshole. <laughs> yeah, true. Whether saying it or not saying it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Question. Yeah. Do you believe when it comes to becoming an author and one marketing themselves, or becoming an author and wanting to make it and, and, and utilize authorship to get business and, and share someone's, perspective that your organization yeah. would increase their likelihood. Do you believe that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. And so eat and
1: Ibram Kendi believes that if someone doesn't know about anti-racism and wants yeah. to learn it, then they should pay him because he created the idea. So that's a yeah. symptom of free market capitalism that it doesn't mean he is up to no good. It means that he believes what he's saying and therefore in a now one could argue if they understand where it looks like he's going with his ideology or rather, let's say his philosophy of the system's racist, because that's the end goal of the, of the interaction is the system's yeah. racist. So we any any laws, I'll just define it really quick uh, in the book. The idea of a racist policy is any policy in place where two or more racial groups have inequity. Mm-hmm. So the example they used it was roughly – there's 10 houses on a block, and six of them are white, three of them are Hispanic, one or two are black, what, what have you. Is that even the right math? No. <laughs> you understand my point? Yeah. There's inequity. There's a, a Quality of outcome is, is all different. So the, the policy must be racist. I'm not saying I agree with that idea. I actually disagree with that idea. What I'm saying is when he's saying it, I believe he believes what he's saying Mm -hmm. and he believes he's developed a cogent case for it, which is revealed in his books. And anyone that disagrees with him, if they want to uncover what is true about the world for themselves through those that disagree with them, because we all disagree, everyone in the world disagrees at least about one thing. And if we live our lives only on that one thing we disagree with, where we can't live with other people, we are done as a species Mm -hmm. people live like that in their lives today it's why they don't talk to their parents or they don't talk to their children or they don't talk to their uncle or they don't talk to that old friend they're living authoritarian today on the right on the left on the this on the that all of them
0: Mm -hmm.
1: that's my point now the other thing was uh Damn, I forgot
0: the other thing. Damn. No, it's right. We're... <laughs> ah, ah, <laughs> well, I think damn. the best example of that, though, is, is on that one thing. Like, you know, there's a lot of people that if you vote for Trump, then, like, the others, like, people literally lose friends for openly saying that they're a Trump supporter. You know? Like- yes, and now that is a symptom
1: of a... of an unaware, entitled, resentful culture. Mm-hmm. The question is where Where is that? Where is the source of that really? Well, it's it's happening at every level, in the home, at the school, in the company. It's it's happening at every level. Oh yeah, wait, okay, yep. Uh, and it's it, it's it's a sign. It's a sign that um. Everybody's wrong. Because everybody believes that. Everybody believes that what they believe is the absolute truth. Mm-hmm. I recommend everyone read into a, a, a an Austrian philosopher uh, of science and all of, this, of many things. Karl Popper proved in the 20th century falsified, falsifiability theory. A theory in science and the hard sciences, like physiology, and biology, and so on, is not proved indefatigably like without doubt. It's proved with the, to a degree and agreed upon by the culture. And then it's disproved and that the scientist from his perspective's job responsibly was to imagine like example, Einstein, imagination. He said it a million times, his genius didn't come solely from his pedigree or genetics or anything. It was his imagination. It was his thought experiment. He, he, he acted them out. And he sought to show, uh, disprove them, meaning test them until you can't uh, disprove
0: them. Mm-hmm.
1: This is why right now people are saying science, it's science. Science is political. It's always been political. And before it was political, it was religious. Like Newtonian physics altered the consciousness of the planet when it outgrew the dogma of religion it, it, and 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 Einstein what I think this all really goes back to is Einstein's relativity uh, disproving but not it didn't disprove it like that's I'm not saying like an all throw of the bathwater, but at another level of uncertainty is what I'm saying uh, and we're at an inflection point in our species with religion and us what we are and essentially there's this postmodern idea that there's no truth at all, and we all really want equality, but don't understand that word, and think equity, or we all need to get the same piece of the pie, regardless of how we act as individuals in the world. And I think that's where the right, for example, the Republican Party in America and the conservatives in other places of the world, not just America, England is there's the same things are happening. Uh, and I recommend anyone follow the guy named Douglas Murray over there, he really talks a lot about that. They're, they're trying to hold on to things that our species is obviously outgrowing, and they're going to lose definitely the way they're acting. And mm-hmm. the, the, the left, the progressive, which from my perspective is regressing in how they interact, which is making their progressiveness look like regressiveness when it's actually progressive, but if they're acting regressively and the left is pridefully, you know, emotionally instigated, but the right is rather to the left. And they're getting defensive. And they're, the value of the right and the left's friction is actually the, the new moderate. Mm-hmm. Just like in a relationship, you have a, a, a two partners that you know, they say opposite attract. Like I'm putting quotes. I'm not really sure why I'm doing that because it's, it's one of the most profoundly true things because thesis, antithesis, synthesis. The thesis of the one spouse, what they believe about the world, when that comes in argument with the antithesis, which is the their spouse's thesis, they yeah. figure out how they want to live and they make each other better, which is one of the values of monogamy, by the way, even though I'd love to fuck everything. You can't do it. You really can't do it. You can't do it, people. You just can't <laughs> do it. There will be grave ramifications and you don't need to be religious to just not bag everything. It's very important that you stop. Yeah. it it breaks the individual psychologically to not be able to work out their own paradox because we are a constant evolving thing that we still don't know wholly what we are nobody knows we're Mm. trying to figure it out together now through that conflict i'm arguing meaning is oh it's so meaningful to create through conflict together so the conservative party is just as irresponsible as what they would call the regressive left because of how they're interacting with that side. And that side is just as irresponsible how they interact with that side. And it only takes one person in an interaction to, to rise above themselves to pull someone out of purgatory. It has to happen. Now, this is my argument, is that when you call either side a name, like a libtard or a fascist, You stunt the opportunity to sell or convert those people on your ideas. And it's through that conversion, the conversation, the converting, where people switch to either side or they all get better in that process. They actually learn. It's like a a healthy relationship with a monogamous couple. They have disagreements and they meet and they ask each other questions and no matter how, they share their piece you know, not get, not, not violently, you know, <laughs> but through that interaction, they end up on the other side. They trust each other more. They love, then love springs from it. Yeah. On a macro level, the value of the, uh, so, cause politics is the broker of the philosophy of the nation and the philosophy of the nation is based on the psychology of the opposing viewpoints. And their psychology is based on everything that's ever occurred in their life in relation to. What their genetic makeup is, and these are extremely even talking about all those things. That's many disciplines to understand, and and I, I would say you have to be a generalist to be a decent specialist today. And all of us, all of us are geniuses because we can go and Google, which I recommend. Like while we're here, I'll be googling things, like yeah. oh I don't know this. What's the definition of this? Google. Like, like we're all geniuses with these phones. But what I just said, you know, that's political science and and philosophy. And history and sociology and psychology and anthropology and like these are not just big words to scare people these are uh co- you know uh, a corticopia of other humans that also peed and pooped and banged and loved and hated and resented and cried and died who invested all their energy their thought, their word, their action, their interaction, based on everything they ate and pooped and drank and developed assumptions about the world that developed more externally of the world or not. And we can learn from all of these dead and living people, especially from our critics. So anyone listening to this today, how you can be better in your life for you and others is not to block people on social media, not to delete comments, not to just attack people personally in the comment section. Every comment, every conversation you have, here's a social opportunity. Never before in history were we able to, of course, talk like this, we'll get into that, but comment and learn so much from so many people in so many cultures all at once. Mm-hmm. What could that do to build somebody up? People are, you know, people are upset about college loans. You know what? It makes sense that they would be upset about college loans. Because they were guided into, oh, I'm going to get this degree, and then I'm definitely going to get a job. Well, that's that's a false assumption. That's entitlement. They also may not, because of the college culture, been taking that seriously to read and write and listen and speak, which is leadership. You know, oratory. Learn how to speak in the classroom. Overcome their fears. Learn how to write. Learn how to think like reason and induct and deduce and all of these things that happen when you're in, you know, if you take those institutions seriously, be a mentor, find a mentor in the professor, in your, in your constituencies, your college. Well, what, what, what's our culture? Uh, what's academic culture? You know, well, I'm going, I, I you know, a, a majority of people and anyone disagree with this, correct me. If I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. I learn from my critics, you know, comment where the hell they can do that. But you, Tyler, fucking argue with me, damn it!
0: No, there <laughs> you go. I,
1: I, I... <laughs> I just teased it. because you know I welcome it. Cut me off at any time, as no. Winston Churchill said. Don't interrupt me while I'm interrupting.
0: <laughs> okay, no, no uh, Then I have a question.
1: <laughs> anyway, we go to school, yeah. and we didn't pay for it ourselves. Psychologically, no matter what, where you're from or what you're about, what's the likelihood that person's not going to take that? Super seriously. Who's advised them to do it? Why do they give a shit if these textbooks are boring as hell? If these books are boring as hell? Why do they care? Well, if they don't care, they don't do the work, they just have fun, which is its own valuable interaction. Of course, we're social organisms. And then they leave with this degree that's absolutely worth it. Whose responsibility is that? Well, it's their parents. It's them. It's it's everybody's. But if we just want the government to solve all of it, then we never learn the lesson. That's another argument. Mm-hmm. But think about that way. Forget about the solutions right now. Let's think about the actual problem, problem and, and initial symptoms of that problem. So, number one problem in our culture, human culture, we don't know what we are, why we're here, or who we are. That's being revealed. What's revealed through social media is that we haven't changed at all. Literally, yeah. we are as dumb as we were 10,000 years ago. <laughs> that's, what's, that's what's being revealed. All this wisdom we have. We're just trying to create AI and governments to take care of us, essentially, and solve our problems. We're as stupid as we fucking been for a hundred thousand years. Wherever the astral epipthicus came, in, we're dumb because <laughs> um, emotions make brilliant people stupid. Mm-hmm. So it's reveal, and I'm I'm teasing. I'm, I'm being funny. No. <laughs> well, I'm trying to be funny. I'm insecure too. Yeah. We're not dumb. We're more brilliant than we can comprehend. We're acting dumb social media is revealing that we're the same being we've been for a long time and we're simultaneously entitled and resentful. That's a concoction for anarchy at every level. And if those that have a greater understanding of what's good about the world or believe they do, let's just go, they believe they do Mm -hmm. because it's the false assumption that one does not to say that there isn't some things that are absolutely true, and I believe there are, and if we'll get into them, we'll get into that. But it's the idea that one believes that they are, they know the best, that's the self-righteousness that leads to that, to all conflict and all disparity and war, essentially, that reveals who really is in charge. But let's look at our institutions. We have these people you know, with a, a large swath, millions of young adults who have these degrees they're not going to use, that they didn't know better, they're looking to enjoy their life, maybe it's on them, or their parents refinanced and did things to get them there, and now they're farther away from their retirement, that now that's weighing on them, and they go in the world, and they don't know what to do when we're living in an entrepreneurial society now. The industrial age is done. We're all entrepreneurs or we can be, and that's a social opportunity. Social, excuse me, I'm like throwing up talking so much. No, it's good. The social dilemma is a perception of regression based on how we don't know that we're so much the same we've been for thousands of years. When I say we, those that made that movie and those that accept that philosophy, the social dilemma, we don't, we don't, we haven't even asked that big question, who are we, what are we, and how do how do our actions reveal who are we and what are we? that we think it's social media is ruining us. No, 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 You're missing the forest for the trees. Social media is revealing us. We are this and we actually have to um, grapple with that. But it makes a lot of sense because essentially we're not uh, consciously evolving quick enough for how technology is, um, is forcing us to reveal our nakedness. And we're so ugly, we hate others because we hate ourselves and that's proven in how we interact with people that are different than us. I was in Atlanta a couple weeks ago, with one of our client partners, and he said, it was brilliant. He said, we could have diversity of everything, like the way we look, where we're from, all that. But if we don't have diversity of thought, we're all the same.
0: Yeah. That's profound. I like that. So let me ask you this. Wonderful man. How, How do we, and it's not to try to solve it right now, but how do we go about this? Cause I think kind of the conflict is like, and I'll just use Alex Jones as an example, because I think he's the easiest example to use is he firmly believes that like, this is a, an attack on the U S and our freedoms. And a lot of people that disagree with the mask, like it, it's a freedom uh, thing that they disagree with. So a lot of people think like it's kind of past the discussing um uh or, or you know having a conversation like they tried to have a conversation and that's not working so i don't think like alex jones is not advocating for violence um i don't believe but you know his company's literally called info wars right so like it is something above or not above more so than just the conversation and when i say more so i mean like energetically or forcefully so like what i guess what is the best way to go about it like and i'll give it another example like i noticed well one, if
1: we're not giving our enemy the benefit of the doubt we're we're contradicting the beauty of the constitution which is guilt which is innocent for guilty so to say he's not for violence is a is a, is an um a, is the, the subconscious there's a subtle contradiction if you're not for open dialogue you are for violence the violence just hasn't occurred yet and just two wrongs don't make a right yeah i'm not being hard on alex no no, no. alex is a patriot in his own belief. anyone yeah. that tell <laughs> anyone that speaks up and shares what they believe is is already one they're in the game but just yeah. to clarify go ahead
0: no 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 yeah i'm just cuz i feel like um again i'm just using amazon example like i feel like he literally feels like we're under attack like like truth like his intent again going back to intent and that's the thing too it's like where let's just say the people that he think thinks we're under attack from maybe their intent is good, right? Like they think that socialism or communism is what is best for all of us. But, but we know the outcome of that is, is bad. So if we know that and we've tried having a conversation with them and that doesn't work, what Sorry, is, where,
1: where have we tried to have a conversation? That's what I I'm serious I, about. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we have that, it. The yeah. The conversation yeah, starts here. Here's an example this conversation yeah. where we're not, openly demeaning other people that aren't here, which, by the way, is a form of gossip, but not a yeah. form. It just is gossip. Yeah. <laughs> and because we can do that on social media times 10 trillion, the, <laughs> here we are. Yeah. <laughs> talking well, so, about someone... So that, and then, by the way, that's where the conspiracy label comes in. Because yeah. part of why our legal system is so great is you actually have to prove something. hmm So if one... No, we could... This really does, I, I think, stem from a lack of understanding of so many things. Shit, where do I start? <laughs> Number one, first of all, yeah. any, everyone must understand, of course we're in a culture war. Yeah. There's 196 countries, to my knowledge. I could be off by a deviation of five, up or down. I don't know. But there's a, there's almost 200 countries. Mm-hmm. There, they – Everyone, everyone is gonna be set up as a culture through their, through their story, their narrative, their, what's spoken and unspoken, the language they use, the symbolisms they use to represent that narrative and what they believe based on that narrative spoken and unspoken, the traditions, those are mediums, like songs and plays and art and movie, all the things that make up food, culture, the leaders, the heroes, all different definitely on the surface level many the same but in different resolutions for example i would argue that north korea is more medieval than america Mm -hmm. if anyone would agree with me all right we, we, we 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 we're the beginning of a culture ecosystem of shared belief created by the influence or maintained by the alignment of the influence i don't agree with that assumption you're following me if you follow me dogmatically and never question me, I'm now a dictator. I'm an authoritarian, and I stop learning and growing. I'm not the student. I'm not the teacher. I'm just the evil myself. And now we have a cult. Mm-hmm. On a macro level, we're in a culture war. One could say could look at China and say, "Oh my gosh, you know they really have a plan." It seems to be globalists. They're not doing it with weapons. They're not doing it. I'm going to use this analogy. I'm not calling China, Germany. Uh, I'm outwardly not calling them that. I'm just yeah. using this analogy because it's the first thing to pop my head. I want to preface that. My subconscious is calling them that. I just want to differentiate like, subconscious <laughs> <constantly>, like subconscious. <laughs> when Germany <laughs> drove across, you know, Poland, took it over, went to France, like they they and then went back and then. England came after with Churchill, like they physically went and took over stuff. China hasn't done that. There were not, there's no war. So it's be conspiratorial without evidence to say we're at war with China. But at the same time, what have they done? They've invested in a lot of countries with their money and debt. And it looks as though they've positioned themselves to be able to leverage the, that money to do a whole nother level of psychological warfare from a cultural perspective this raises a lot of flags so i argue in the next 10 20 30 years wars will never look the same you can have a complete like, the information that i use to help our organization like our client partners grow and and be better and, and more munificent and benevolent and and, ever, and meaningful shit that information they're smarter the people than me out there in the world with yeah. more education God, if that got in the wrong hands, oh, my God, you can completely, you know, the world, <laughs> there's there's plenty of opportunity for people to do consciously bad things. Mm-hmm. Right? What I'm saying is we're always in a culture war when we're a part of a culture. The One of the issues, symptoms, symptoms of us being globally connected is if we have America where our populace do, is entitled, is resentful, because – and has the opportunity to act out their resentment because of their entitlement, then and doesn't know and is ignorant to the beauty of our constitution, the the value of the history of this country, how we have gone out of our way to actually create equality of opportunity for people. Tried. And I argue tried because laws were actually changed. That is true. No matter how they got changed, they were changed. there's value there. Other places there haven't been, that gives you perspective where gratitude can come in. North Korea has been the same it's been since his dad was running it. And it'll be the same when he dies most likely without intervention. So understanding that we, we are always in a culture war for inner culture because on a macro political scale, it's constant competitiveness that if it's not underlied by cooperation, there's literal, literal war and militaries form and they kill each other until one person wins and writes that history so when when i'm going back to what you were saying about alex if alex makes these grand notions and informs like even in the title info wars info emancipation like that reveals, and I'm not an attack. Like I'm not saying it's to attack my, this this man, but I am attacking him just by attack, like saying this in a sense. Depending, on, well, my intention is pure. Mm-hmm. That linguistically, my intention is pure. I'd love to talk, you know, have a conversation with him and help him do this. Because even the title linguistically reveals his own psychological resentment, and which is a would be an externalization of his own fears and potentially unfettered resentments. I'd love to see his relationships with his family and his, if he has children or friends. I'd love to see how he interacts with people that, that he disagrees with. I'd love to see how actual, empathetic, and compassionate and loving this individual is because I would argue that you're, you're, how, you interla- how you interact with your enemies reveals how compassionate and loving you are. Now, of course, war is a real thing. Violence is a real thing. If you are in a position where someone is about to literally stab you in the eyeball and you kill that person, you will have to carry that for the rest of your life, unless you lie to yourself enough to believe that you did it for the right reasons. And that's my point is that we're all honest liars. And we are honest with the public, but dishonest with ourselves. So we don't blow our brains out as a species. Mm -hmm. So info wars could be info emancipation, where we meet with people that disagree with us and and have dialogue about the topics and convert them. Because this is my point, or one of them. If you have a million people that follow an ideology, if you attack their person, they're going to stay closer with that ideology and they're going to kill you. It's the first level rule of sales, which we learn, by the way, from capitalism. One of the beauties of capitalism. You have to learn how to sell. You have to learn how to convert. You have to learn how to con- conversate. It's an, that's why I love capitalism. It's one of the ways to act out Virtue. If you are a benevolent leader, you actually have to sell people that disagree with you because they're like, I don't think your product is relevant. But they don't say that. They're just like, ah, I got to think about it. Yeah. You have to convert them. And then you say, oh, InfoWars, China. Like, no, you know, <laughs> no, it doesn't work. Info and light. So i saying that everybody is irresponsible. We were able to function as a society before technology evolved to the point where we're all connected. And now one of the things that's happening in this country, which has an amazing, has amazing precedents for equality of opportunity, for individuality and responsibility, all these things is that our populace doesn't understand it enough to overcome themselves in relation to it. And everyone's bought into their ideology on all sides that knows the best is the best and is revealing their own contradictions by how they interact with each other. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. And if we don't work through that, oh my, we're gonna lose our ability to be responsible. So, for example, we'll go to the mass thing. Philosophically, if you're someone that believes in, genuinely believes in collectivism, dude, read Epicurus. I haven't read a lot of him. Mm -hmm. Karl Marx wrote his dissertation on Epicurus. Uh, 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 Was it communals? uh, Epicurus led to uh, convents. That communal, there's, there's, you know, but then that was taken as like, oh, what if, you know, we could create utopia through this and looking at the symptoms of capitalism that does alienate the, I haven't met one person that owns a company that loves their life. I just know the fucking lonely people that are rich. I help them love their life and get richer. So it isn't perfect.
0: Yeah, they
1: just burden the responsibility. Everybody around them that resents them and expects them to give money, <laughs> and then they alienate their friends and family, and they they convince themselves they're happy with the shit they buy. Those are symptoms of success. Success. <laughs> so it's not yeah. right. so. Someone that enforces mass in a city, the likelihood is that they think that's the best damn thing to do, and. No, I don't think that. I'm actually pro death. Yes. I'm actually pro death. Talk about that. So <laughs> someone asks you to put a mask yeah. on, I say, I, I my political persuasion is pro death. Yeah. I, I, if you haven't contemplated, we're going to clip the right that by the way. Is you haven't started living. <laughs> Do whatever you'd like. Okay. I, I, and and when I so you know I said that a couple of years, like, huh? I'm pro death. Because I live, I live meaningfully. I tell the truth. Mm -hmm. I listen. I want to learn. There's a certain line that I don't think we can cross as a species yet. That if we cross it too soon, our fear of death will lead to hell on earth. Mm -hmm. Where we have no, no ability to choose. I think that psychologically, and of course, philosophically, someone that prescribes the collectivism, their intentions are pure. Who wants to die? I haven't met anybody that did. I I haven't met one religious person that wanted to die. Mm, That was like excited about dying. Like, I can't fucking wait to get out of here, dude. Like I'm not in a rush. I can't wait! Like, what an exciting, what an exciting idea! Think about this: you're either going to live forever, or you're just not going to know. Now, i am almost—I'm quoting Cicero, kind of, but I read that book after. This is really how I think. Now, someone, someone has said, "Well, you could go to hell," and I think if I'm going to hell, they said, "How I choose not to do all the bad things that I would love to do, then fuck, I better be down there." Like. <laughs> There's I have some work to do down there. That's how I'm thinking. Like, I'm doing the best that I can. If I'm going to hell, uh, then I better well damn be there. Like the way I'm looking at it is, oh my god, like I'm focused so much daily. So okay, go back. Where does this idea come from? This this is a philosophy. Mm-hmm. I I believe it comes from my work and which is revealed in how I interact with people. If I meet a stranger. I'm there with them. I'm going to get to know Bob or Mary or whatever. Asking questions. Mm -hmm. Listening, which is revealed in continually, openly asking questions to want to learn. Being a student of life. Telling the truth. Not being afraid to share what's on my mind to someone that I know or don't know. Not omitting learning being open to love these are hard these are they were always hard for me yeah i'm working on those things after a while a peace came to me i think god like yeah what 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 would i be so afraid of what would anyone be so afraid of if our lifespan is so infinitesimally small in the grand scheme of things that we're holding on to something that was because you know, we're calling life life. How arrogant are we to call life life when we don't know what happens next? And it's probably a lot longer than time, which is a dimension of this reality that we still don't fully understand all the dimensions. It just seems fucking ridiculous. Be, <laughs> yeah. Like imagine our human culture. You know, I'm mean, a whole nother thing surface level but i it actually ties to everything that i've been saying because it underpins everything i'm saying if we celebrate (laughs) it we have a funeral and we make it all about us yeah (laughs) it's a symptom of the big question who are we what are we and how uh how do we live someone dies and we cry at which, okay, yes, crying, good crying. Your, your your brain is working properly. But I'm saying we make the whole thing about it. It's not an extravaganza and a celebration that, wow, this person even got this far. It's yeah. a, oh, like uh, we're going to mourn for years and never work through it. I'm saying that's a symptom of our species not knowing what we are, who we are, or how to live with ourselves related to others. And technology is speeding that uncertainty up and we can't live with uncertainty we must be able to live with uncertainty or else we are going to eradicate ourselves and that's okay too yeah because yeah. like hello has anybody really thought about this so imagine <laughs> I, I we celebrated well. funerals
0: yeah
1: and we can get rid of this birthday shit because every day you wake up is your birthday It's just very ridiculous. So I'm saying, now, we can deconstruct all this and go absolutely insane. And I think that's also happening right now today when it comes to all these political topics. Because we could deconstruct everything, and then if we believe, for example, if I'm I'm beholden to what I'm saying right now to the point where I won't listen to anyone that disagrees with me, I'm not interested in changing my mind, which I'm very interested in changing my mind. I'm very interested in unlearning. I'm very interested in my critics. I am.
0: But if
1: I'm not... I'm going to live a very lonely, unfulfilled life, no matter how famous I am, uh, rich I am, and so on. Like people that say, oh, imposter syndrome. Yeah, because you are a fucking imposter, bro. You are an imposter. That's the whole point. You have the syndrome because you are an imposter. I have the imposter syndrome. Yeah, well, have you read anything? Do you know what you're doing? Have you been honest with yourself? Have you been honest with somebody else? You're a <laughs> fucking imposter. And I love the celebrities. Like, their job is really, is, is literally about to be, like, actors. Their, their job is literally to be somebody else. Yeah, yeah. Why would we listen to you? Your job <laughs> is literally to be anybody but yourself. Go no way. Like, yeah. you know. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Now, this is the beauty. What we're doing, like, and all humans could just talk. Through this medium, we're all celebrities. Maybe we'll finally understand that we're all celebrities. Mm -hmm. We have that opportunity. So this is not a social dilemma. You asked about a solution. Is there a solution or should we even talk about a solution? Yeah, dude, this is the solution. Having conversations online and then not blocking, not unfriending, not deleting, not cajoling, not castigating, not condemning, not attacking, but inquiring openly now that's really hard to do you have to practice it really sucks to be
0: yeah so let me uh, ask you about that because one of the things i see you do online with facebook and even more so linkedin um, is you, you you know you read through people's uh posts and then you'll comment but you'll comment very thoughtfully you know like you will like a lot of comments that you see on people's posts are just like yes or like you know great work or something like that. Whereas uh, when I see your comments and I actually, before we hopped on this, I was scrolling through like your comments on people's posts will be like, like longer than the post itself. And, and it would be like seeking more information in a sense, most of the time. So I guess that's where I think social media could be very powerful for us. If we did that in a way, like, kind of like you're doing it where we're not like saying like, this post is stupid, even if we disagree with it. Like, but more, ra- more rather, commenting on it and being like, "Hey, I'm just curious. Like, how did you come up with that solution? Because, like, I came up with the exact opposite. <laughs> so, I'm just curious, and you, you know, or whatever. I'll and read like,
1: one. Here's yeah. an example.
0: And I'm you get read a very thought good dialogue. that came
1: from a thought. Yeah. Thought two thousand six, two 2000, 2068. <laughs> <laughs> Scripts and contrived spectacles of oration are dangerous to a culture. Scripts help people who shouldn't be in power attain, maintain, and abuse power. I repeat, scripts and contrived spectacles of oration are dangerous to a culture. Scripts help people who shouldn't be in power attain, maintain, and abuse power. That thought was from an interaction I had with someone I don't know that could become a friend if i don't know them how i interact with that person i don't know or that person i do know reveals how much i am a friend through by with and through myself Mm -hmm. one of the positive symptoms of actually openly engaging with somebody is i i i'm developing my writing ability which any human can do because for since forever i don't know the actual date of when we started writing on caves, but it yeah. seems to be a good idea.
0: It hasn't been so, forever. Liar. It hasn't been.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I save them and then I post them out. Yeah. So like he's able, oh, people that say, oh, I love your content. What do you, wait, oh my God, oh my God. What a terrible symptom of our culture. So, what's going to say you love my content. So it's, it's a bastardizing my, my being. That you love my I, content. You mean what? It's like that's a symptom of our contrived authoritarian, entitled, resentful, um, you know, uh, subconsciously omnipotent thought leaders. Anyone that calls them a thought leader is the opposite. You know, woo-hoo! like whoa, go in the back, go in the back, just stop. So. <laughs> Social opportunity is you can share what you think, who you are. You can tell the truth. Now, the truth, that's a big word. It doesn't mean the all knowing truth. You can tell it like you see it. And we'll uncover the truth by falsifying your assumptions in a conversation. We're all scientists if we're free to think and to talk and to act. So, Yes, I, uh, you know, I limit how many interactions I'll be in because, well, if I just argue all day long on Facebook, <laughs> yeah. I'm, you know, like, however, yeah, once, once a day or every other day, I'm going to get into an engaging conversation naturally. Mm-hmm. There's so much value. We could spend two hours talking about the value of having open, honest conversations with people you don't know where you yeah. actually have to challenge yourself, not to jump to assumptions, not to treat them poorly. Cause you're not, as, as Mike Tyson said, you know, paraphrasing, uh, you don't get punched in the face. There's that meme.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean.
1: Social media is where people forget that or they don't, they, they treat people in a way, where, you know, without where there's no chance of getting punched in the face or something like that. Yeah. Like, you actually have to be super responsible through these mediums because there's there's going to be no consequences. Now imagine you're already an entitled culture, and then you have the ability to go anywhere you want in the world, and the grass is always greener. And you hate yourself, and you hate your parents, and you hate everybody because you don't know yourself. You don't know why you're here, you don't know what you're doing, and nothing matters. Oh, nothing's true. And everything's falling apart. The world is ending. And you watch the news. And all of a sudden, the, the easiest thing to do is make fun of somebody online. Mm-hmm. And now you feel better. Because that's an act of omnipotence over someone. Oh, I can block this person. I can delete this person. I can destroy this person. That feels really good. That is programming. We are programming ourselves to prepare to uh, metaf- to literally be okay with Hangings in the square. It's like a witch trial. And, and we're seeing the symptoms of this in our politics, in our overall culture. So, what I do is I post my thoughts online. I get these thoughts from things I read. Uh, th- I think, you know, that's another thing I actually like to talk about. Yeah. Or open argument with people I don't know. Oh, like some thought will come, like the one I just read you is from a conversation with somebody. And, uh, some of, the, some of the things that have challenged me have come from these conversations. Here's another one. Uh, well, here's one that's relevant to our time. Uh, thought, 2052. And there are this many thoughts because they're just me putting out something I thought about. It's not content. I'm not yeah. a commodity to be bought and sold. Now, technically in capitalism or in any ism, we actually are a commodity at some degree. And I, we could talk about that too, but I think we need more time for that. But thought 2052, there is no greater fuel for the success of the individual than imminent tyranny. There is no greater fuel for the success of the individual than imminent tyranny. Yes, what what, the, what info war, sir? Or I'm going to call them Info Emancipation, is talking about, there's, there, there's, def, there's truth to it and there's truth on the other side of it. Imagine you're in governance. You're a leader of the world. And very smart people are saying, hey, by the way, all of the information of the world our narrative that keeps people just you know living their lives psychologically healthy because humans need certainty to function generally speaking until they don't another conversation but you know certainty where we're certainty seeking machines yeah uh because technology is granting the central uh the centrality of information through each individual in the world it's gonna be really hard to get everyone to agree with what the truth is uh so sir i think we should start um you know, figuring out ways that we could um, uh, re- regulate and uh, uh, align, uh, you know, so that way people just start don't start just killing each other and sm- and, and developing small tribes across the world. Like someone that studies, you know, all yeah, you know, a lot of topics around these issues. It, it, if I'm in and I'm and we're not in government yet, or or, or in those that resolution yet. It's a serious human threat to have that much power in each person's fingertips. Yeah. How can we not think for a second that gover- that people governing wouldn't have a plan in place to attempt to help us not destroy ourselves out of their own benevol or perceived benevolence?
0: Mm-hmm. What
1: I'm saying is that what's happening is there's so there's there's a there's a there's a and there's a needed break. In the philosophy of the world, we've out, we've out what what got us here is not going to take us farther, and the remedy it is actually taking away our individuality. There's philosophers that I've read and studied. One good one is Judith Butler, who has a whole book about how you know essentially the individual self is awful. Like you know, it's anti-individuality. It's all about all of us. And I'm giving, I'm not giving her enough grace there it's it's extremely complex and i would recommend anyone reading anyone i'm talking about i have i have books i want to share things that i'm reading now so people can pick up some of these books i have books i'm reading now that i want to share i put them all around me but yeah Um, yeah.
0: go deeper into that though so like what do you mean there which part the last part so she she's against individuality is that what it is or
1: in 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 the in the
0: there's a book to... I'm reading
1: now called The Force of Nonviolence. And the, it, it's a very – it's a difficult book. And I read as many difficult books as I possibly can. I'm listening to an audiobook at like 0. 0.9, 0. 0.8 to try to understand <laughs> what she is said. She's a strong vocabulary, Heideggerian uh, influence, which – and Martin Heidegger was is an extremely difficult uh, author as well. Mm-hmm. It's another thing, by the way, people often um, – They'll say, uh, you know, I don't know what you're saying. I don't know the words you're using. Yeah, well, Google them. Google the words. Google it. Because I didn't know them yesterday, and then I read them somewhere. I'm not better than you virtuously, but I actually am better than you competently. But you could be better than me if you read those, and then you could challenge me. We have to understand the difference between our potential and our actual empirical value.
0: Right? Yeah.
1: It's a quality of opportunity. We're not, we are not equal. We're not. In a physical sense, we are equal in how we can interact with each other. That yeah. is a responsible, but we're different. I'm not the smartest or tallest or fastest or anything, and neither. What the anyway, uh, difficult text talking about. And I hope you know. I hope someone would just, essentially that the individual self is uh, irrelevant. That's at the bottom of the work. The the. And this ties into the gender study conversation, uh, and, and, um, a gender versus sex and, and that, that conversation, because, uh, she created a theory it's called, a, uh, I I think it's gender normative behavior. It's essentially that we act out, we act out our gender. And this is tied to the, uh, a lot of the, so just to, I want to make this go back.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, about this for a second there's and this is at the highest level of intellectuals they're 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 disagreeing to the point where it's like night and day on these top like for example biology is irrelevant in 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 one section of of scientific and it's being accepted and like that's a big break so if we can't come together and figure out all right how are we going to live through that break? there's going to be serious breakdown in society and people are going to freak out. An example of that would be people that are um, thinking that, you know, people are out to get them and that the world is ending. Well, the world isn't ending. The world is evolving, but how it evolves is extremely important because humans have a tendency to forget that we don't know what we are and who we are and why we're here. And we act out policies and behaviors that end up killing people
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is not necessary this goes back to like you follow peterson yeah jordan peterson he talks about the gulag you know alexander solzhenitsyn and the gulag archipelago and what happened in mao's china and what happened in soviet russia and the 100 million people that perished through communism um so yeah people uh have differing differing views of how to live on such a degree that when they when those in power force thrust that upon those that don't agree nor understand why just like in a company if an ownership changes their vision and their policies and their future this happens with mergers and acquisitions all the time a company gets acquired doesn't reinvigorate where the vision's going doesn't communicate transparently doesn't align the previous legacy constituents or employees with the new vision, the new belief, the new purpose, the new goal, the new systems and processes and listen to them and get their feedback of what wasn't working and use that. And they don't create that alignment. The company has major productivity issues and essentially loses money for no reason because they don't have that help and that merger and acquisition that's happening now in our culture. Cause it's, 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 rifting off and this is tied to other things like our educational system which has been teaching, yeah, it's arguably anti-American ideology for for a long time. Um, So.
0: Does she paint the picture of like what the, like what that world would look like without individuality?
1: I I can't speak to that because I'm not, I'm not comfortable with my understanding of this specific philosopher's literature enough Next time we talk, I will be. That's one of the main – what I've been studying the last nine months, so I can – so I'll just go to back. Yeah. When all of – when the lockdowns happen from a cultural – so the main disciplines that I've studied for our business, for those businesses that we advise, like in, in, in a plethora of industries, virtual training, consulting, mortgage banking, real estate, home improvement, construction, and so on. Philosophy, anthropology, psychology, sociology, history, economics, and and so on and so forth. Really interested in leadership and sales and business and, and organizational culture and 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 yada yada. Right. When when the lockdowns occurred, and now now the, the macro conflicts are pressing themselves up in in our businesses. Obviously, everyone's affected. I wanted to speak up from a cultural standpoint, and. My significant other, and my, my coach, Jenna, said, hey, Jay, how about you get educated with what's going on? Just shut the fuck up and then speak up. <laughs> that was the most brilliant advice ever because what I realized when I actually went back and I've read about 100 books on uh, gender studies and feminism and race in America and uh, revisionist history and postmodernism and so on. I by by actually reading as much as possible of both sides all of the sides like I said earlier in our conversation I don't think empathy is it can't only be an idea it has to be an activity by actually reading white fragility how to be an anti racist white rage why i'm no longer talking to white people about race as one of the one of the other titles and 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 many more like before this 2020s over i have 33 more books in those genres that i'm reading um and we i would like to talk about reading in general because reading is a yeah. thing and not just memorize not Pretty that sure. both aren't important why we well, think uh, the latter memorization happens naturally as you read the thing because you're actually yeah. open and curious which i am that's 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 a great that's me important too. to me
0: that's why podcasting is like my favorite way to learn i think that's why i think i love it so much Cause I'm just like curious and I can, it's like live feedback, you know, whereas like, I do love reading as well, but there's not like a punch back if you will. And not like a punch, but you know what I mean? Whereas yeah. like, if I have a question to what you're saying, I can just come right to you and ask it. <laughs> Where's the, the future book?
1: of education Where's will be through pod? podcasting and virtual training. Well, I, I, I think that people like <clears throat> people like a Butler, uh, a Peterson, Uh, Weinstein, um, these, these teachers, no matter what, they're all professors. And this is where the entrepreneur comes in. I think the future of business is an integration of business and the teachers of the world. That business is actually the laboratory for being, where humans can experiment on socialism communism dictatorship without death Mm -hmm. we can because when i go to businesses in this country a lot of them operate like socialist regimes they don't even know it which is by the way is a sign that our whole country is moving towards socialism because business reveals the unspoken culture of a nation it starts happening in business first which by the way is would be one of the reasons why businesses are getting drilled so hard to enforce things because that's how you actually shift the culture. Because once, a, it's the selfishness of the, It's the, the irony is that, that capitalism will, cri- will cripple under its own selfishness and lack of awareness. Is that the, you know, if you get the businesses to do X, Y will occur, it's, it's, a, it's a, there will always be, and this goes, I'll come back, but there'll always be maskers and anti-maskers. There will be people that will want to have a face. A face is a very important thing. That's why, you know, we gotta solve this whole thing by being pro-death. It's okay. You'll be all right. Because the co- no, all jokes aside, the costs yeah. are great. The costs are great. Uh, but 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 like I said, that, that that can be argued either way and must be, and that's the real issue that we're headed to to authoritarianism, because we don't argue, that's likely to be authoritarianism, no matter what side we're we're arguing from. Anyway, sure. like I don't have all the answers. That would be omnipotent. So uh, so
0: when, when you say like um, what I
1: saying actually now I got my well, head all screwed on sideways I was, I was saying no, something
0: no well so I wanted to ask when you say that businesses are operating on oh, like businesses a there you go socialist regime uh, like yeah. in more detail what does that actually uh, look, look like
1: oh it's every entrepreneur that that at first let's look at the entrepreneur oh my gosh this is so exciting we have another hour right I'm like yeah I know we got 28 we got 28 minutes
0: yeah, yeah shoot it's fine. That's like no but we have another
1: 620 seconds <laughs> So all right, all right, I think I might be wrong with that though. All right. Uh, business owners, you have to understand the psyche of the entrepreneur. This is one of the biggest misconceptions of Donald Trump. He's not a fascist. There's no, there's no evidence at the deep analysis of this psychological disposition that he's a fascist. I would actually argue that those that calling him one are, and they don't, they're, They fit the psychological makeup of the fascists that they're not even aware of. What Donald Trump is, is he's an entrepreneur. This is a specific neuroses that hasn't been put under the microscope ever in our culture because part of the paradox of success is the more freedom sought via success, the less gained via enslavement of the success. The natural development of the entrepreneur is to develop an idea in the mind externally represented through the vision that becomes the goals are executed upon after not quitting, not getting up and gaining market share that leads to inevitably what Marx would call surplus value or profit for the individual to live the life they, be- they conceive that they want to live based on who they think they are, which is always a lie based on who they are, they're not aware of, which is revealed in their actions based on what they don't know about themselves. What that means is the natural paradox of the entrepreneur leads them to act socialist in their organization while arguing conservatism externally, giving, attempting to buy the love of their constituents with money, bonuses, things, rewards, this carrot, that stick, rather than do what they were never able to do because it was never done to them because they were never listened to. They were not taught how to live. They were not taught how to be. And those that were supposed to teach them never never knew what they were, why they were here, how to interact with other people. <laughs> One out of a 100 people is going to be the entrepreneur that's just as fucked up as everybody working for them, but they're going to go out and strive and create. So they end up creating this ecosystem of shared belief created by them, the influencer, maintained by the alignment of the influence, the culture, based on the story they tell to their clients, the language they use to their clients, the symbolism of how they brand the belief others have in them to solve a problem, which is the brand, the mediums by which they sell, which is the phone or in person or the events or the social media platforms and so on and so forth. And those clients, when they're the first cultural employees, become their people until they are overwhelmed with how many people they got, as an was they get in they better hire somebody. And now they hire people that don't like them but want them to give them shit, who <laughs> want to be them. And essentially, they <laughs> David and Goliath. But David gets hired by Goliath, and Goliath doesn't give it to David, and David just slings it with a rock, and it becomes his competition yeah. every fucking time. So what I'm saying is entrepreneurship actually acts out the hero's journey or what would be the uh, Judeo-Christian philosophy of the world in a free market capitalism, but it's not enough. It's not enough. So what's the solution? Well, I I believe the solution is actually the the convergence. And I'm going to go into another thing that ties this. The convergence – by the way, uh, Marx recognized – the 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 irony of the entrepreneur the 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 contradiction of the entrepreneur the 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 fact that everyone essentially commoditizes themselves or rather the entrepreneur everyone is alienated by the work he focused on the people he didn't really understand the entrepreneur from my study now i haven't read all of his shit yet he's got a lot of literature but i've taken uh, lectures Mm -hmm. uh and 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 he focused and he was right about a lot of things. That's why a lot of people in academia think he's like, oh my god, he's God. But no, he's not. He's not. And and Addis is right about all the things, but he didn't have it all either. Um just I'll go back. Think of like the familial conflict that people have. One of the symptoms of our entitled, resentful, decadent culture. Uh is the break, uh, you know, essentially at all levels the breakdown of the family? We see this in the divorce rate, which is a symptom of that. That um, is the that is part of the fuel the entrepreneur uses. It, it, like all humans, uh, are entrepreneurs in their own right. Uh, however, they'll at some level they will fall into line with those that they admire, and if admiration, initial admiration, doesn't turn into respect, which takes the benevolent interaction of the leader in that relation, then a natural friction will occur and a break in the relation will occur. And Satan will be thrust into hell and God will stay omnipotent and omnipresent. And there'll be, there'll be a break. And so what I believe must happen in our, in our free market capitalistic culture to solve symptoms of the net, would it be the problem? I haven't really thought, well, The problem could never be solved until we evolved into something that wasn't human, which is inevitably going to happen if we're here, like we as in the human race. But to work that system out, academia has to converge with business, and it has never. It's been siloed in its own thing. What I believe has happened is the, the, the intellectuals with zero wisdom that are just antithetical to the actual system of governance, which is built on individuality, responsibility, and free market capitalism, which has a lot of, yes, inequity, life is inequitable, but it's equality of opportunity, but it's inequitable because we're all gonna be in different places. There's gonna be winners and losers externally, but under God, we're all equal, but not in like the real fucking world, bro. (laughs) And because people don't believe in God, like God is dead, as Hegel and Nietzsche said, we're at an inflection point in our human culture where all of the intellectuals by large have bought into capitalism is not the way of the future and the capitalists who are still unaware imperfect socialist and private conservative and public aren't fighting back because they're not looting and rioting mm-hmm. it's not their disposition they're arguing for their limitations on defense and they're inevitably losing the fight because What I think a a solution would be would be academia has to converge with business. So there's advisors for every fucked up entrepreneur so they can Hmm. burden the responsibility of being the leader of leaders, which always leads to authoritarianism. Uh, the uh, The natural development of the entrepreneur is to start their company out of internal conflict. They'll externally create. They'll develop utility or competence in whatever field they're in through that endeavor, relating with their clients, grow enough to have employees. Everyone is judging them. Everyone is hating them. and mostly definitely in their mind because they're the visionaries. Need you said, the visionary lies to himself, the liar lies to everybody else. They're building the company. People aren't buying into that. They eventually get to the point where they, they have what can separate them from their peers in the past where they're living in a different place. They're driving a different car. They have a different position. They have a different social, social value. And that further alienates themselves from themselves, which they never understood themselves, which is why they put all their time and energy into developing themselves, which alienates themselves simultaneously, which, but, but, but by the way, creates the external world that all those they resent, which is the simpletons or the proletariats and the losers, the poor, get to you know build off of so where people say oh well capitalism makes everybody richer well it does externally it doesn't help the resentful proletariat or the masses or the poor who then just spark the the neurotic pride of the entrepreneurs because incidentally becomes the conservative party but like, ah you don't understand us we, we, we help you so much <laughs> yeah. and so the end game and this falls my theory is about something called the two the the Culture puzzle The liar lid is in the middle. The culture puzzle is about the story and the symbols and language and mediums that create the influence necessary for a culture to be aligned. But it, it really hinges on the hero, which is the individual and the, the, their honest lies. So, a natural liar lid forms where the person's finally become what we perceive as externally successful. Whether it's bit and this is family, the father of family, the mother, of family, like the, the leader of a family, you know, the they of a family, whatever. The, the leader of a family, or the leader of a company, or the leader of, of these people—you know, hey, you got to do what we say. We're shutting everything down. They, they, they've attained that, and the neurotic pride congeals to what I call the liar lid. Uh, and essentially, if we don't unlearn constantly and break through that, which is our virtue is virtue is revealed in how we interact with each other, then we will not overcome ourselves to avoid the natural cultism that every single culture is a part of. So, example: every time a military goes to other countries and fights for our patriot or nationalism that like the military functions as a cult as an aggressive arm for the nation and it's like damn man i'm grateful for that because like i don't have to give my life up Mm. gotta be grateful for that but that essentially is how it it navigates it strips people of their individuality it puts them in a collective group and it sends them somewhere and we all get the benefit off that it's a serious subject that's why post traumatic stress disorder is really effed up because they literally sold their souls to the country and then they get treated like blah but uh, that's all symptoms yeah. to this conversation that's really not understanding the entrepreneur and i mentioned donald trump earlier i'm going to go back to him this is someone that is just an entrepreneur that it's a very honest mistake to think he's a he's a fascist uh even if so i'm not buying i'm not i'm not look it's possible people could create narratives for their own gains it's very likely but i'm saying that psychologically it, it, at the surface anyone that is not seriously seriously even that that's subjective right that's that's at um it's very easy to to think that he's the incarnate of evil of america but what he is is actually an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. and the 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 the, the functionality of an entrepreneur is uh inevitably they they get to the point where you and there's pros and cons to this where people will A natural yes-man effect occurs where they're surrounded by people that will do whatever it is they say. This is in any company, at any resolution. I see it every single day in a small company, to a company with hundreds of employees and beyond. And that reveals that the individual that actually is running it does not feel heard and does not know how to listen and is not honest with himself or with others. And those are big questions that take serious effort to actually get the answers to. And I'm saying our entire culture doesn't even understand or isn't even having that conversation at scale. And it would make a lot of sense how people would think that Donald was, you know, an authoritarian, all these things, but where that's misplaced is he's actually just an entrepreneur. um, And we don't understand entrepreneurs and our systems of governance that those want the people want to overthrow because they think that tearing the whole system down is actually the solution to our racial inequities so-called inequities period um the irony is that would actually lead to the likelihoods where anyone no matter if they look like donald talk like donald or look like biden or talk like biden could become an authoritarian and this really goes back to what i said earlier academia are, are brilliant people that understand that that, that let's say we're all brilliant in different ways people that have, are interested in investing all their life all their being into learning about the world when they don't team up with the generals because that's what an entrepreneur represents the, the the owner is the alexander the great when alexander the great doesn't have an average doesn't have that or that team of advisors coaches therapists developers when academia stays in the university and doesn't get into the lab, which is actual businesses working practically, the whole structure falls apart. And that's what's happening in this great country that the founders would never even foresaw. That's what talking like this and online universities and professors that are leaving academia and that monstrous, you know, overdeveloped governmental big brother type medium that's outseeing itself, they're the future leaders of the world that when they synergize with the capitalists, uh, we actually have a hope of creating more, uh, I guess, I think that's where we're going. And I don't have an absolute answer. I'm working on this. I've been working on it, that's why I work. But that's really, think about this. Professors, all the teachers of the world, think about how their relationship is with their students. It's big brother talking at you. Your tests are graded. You show up at a certain time. You leave at a certain time. You got to get the next thing you and now it's you can't disagree with us. It's going to show up on your test. Mm-hmm. No matter how brilliant a teacher is, I would argue the more brilliant they are, and the more they learn and know and the less psychologically they're developed, which is a high likelihood the smarter you are genetically and the more you invest in your knowledge. The universities as mediums are programming, have been programming for many years. The teachers who influence all the leaders of the world in their own ways, because they do. It all starts at the top of the philosophies, essentially, and the sciences are have been be, have been uh, phenomenally influenced to believe in authoritarianism and socialism and dictatorship. Because mm-hmm. there's nothing free market about the universities. Even they even great like it, it's do you understand where I'm going with this?
0: Yeah, yeah. 100%. And that is
1: really the start. That is really the the um so that's where my work, that's the interest I have in my work, is bridging the two with business. And I've seen great success with it. But like as Popper would say, you don't prove a theory, you just you it has to be falsifiable. So that's what I'm I'm working on. I'm still wrapping my head around that, but
0: falsifiable. You know, uh,
1: like you have to be able to disprove it. You have to be able to test it with evidence. Um, so,
0: test it with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think. I mean, I think you can actually with that, right? Because I we'll mean, we'll have to
1: save that for next time.
0: Okay. You yeah. Call it
1: in ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'm sweating.
0: Say, no, let's save that for next time. But I mean, I think school. I think you can. Um,
1: yeah. And there's some books I'm reading. Can I share them really? Yeah, quick? yeah.
0: Please do share them. Share them.
1: Um, Tyler okay. recommended me this one. I've heard of Ayn Rand's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's one. Atlas Shrugged. Uh, Hannah Arendt, Hannah Arndt, a brilliant, brilliant philosopher the 19th 18 or 20th century, sorry. She wrote a book, this is called uh, The Human Condition. She wrote a book, another one, Eichmann in Jerusalem is really amazing. Um Eric Vogelin, he wrote a lot about the Nazis. I recommend reading Hitler and the Germans and anything Eric Vogelin. Uh, these are books that you take your time with, man. Uh, postmodernist, One-Dimensional Man, Herbert Marcuse. This is and when I'm showing you these like these people disagree with each other. Like Hannah Arendt definitely was disagreeing with Herbert Marcuse. Um, George Berkeley, uh, The Principles of Knowledge. Um, and I, I never read one book at a time, just not who I am. I recommend to anybody do whatever, do what you intuit. Mm-hmm. One thing, when your mind wanders, let it wander. You're listening to an audiobook, let it wander. You're, you're thinking or at least you're doing something that, because I don't know what thinking is totally, but you're doing something creative. Let it wander. I listen to a lot of audio and I, I, I dedicate time to read physically, but I do a lot of audio, a couple hours a day. I've been doing that for almost a decade, about a little, about a decade.
0: Where are you at on Audible? How, how, how much time listens? Well, this account. Um, <laughs> yeah, and
1: people think, how does that translate? I've been asked my whole career, my whole life, I intuited that would, that it would work out how learning translates to businesses. If you actually develop a product and ask and meet with people and ask for business, you're going to solve a problem. Essentially. That's what business is. It's a vision solution for problem for somebody. And you're going to do very, very, very well. The more that you are able to solve and the, and, and, and you leverage your networks to get in front of people that have more, you'll do more and get more with less and this is a social opportunity for everyone. So it, it, it learning completely quantifies into hundred percent money because you work with more educated people, more abundant people, more wealthier people, and so on and so forth. So reading is in, and writing and, and speaking, all of these things matter. And if you read, if you speak a lot and you don't read a lot. Or write a lot. You're essentially a sophist, demagogue. You'll be miserable and you'll be destroyed by David very quickly because you're essentially Goliath. And the the, the the all the days of the speaker are over. The the podcast replaces the stage as a branding, marketing, and sales tool, all wrapped up in one. And uh, all of those that are that have been speaking for a long time and haven't shifted to these platforms are dead, and they don't even realize it. So the answer to your question is uh, and I recommend. Go to the Culture Matters podcast and listen to interviews. Tyler's on there, and a lot of awesome other people. Here's the um, profile. This this membership, audible membership. Now, if you have the membership, I don't know what it is—ten bucks a month, twenty bucks a month. Now you get complimentary titles. over yeah. nine thousand. So I downloaded. I have purchased one thousand one hundred twenty-five books on this audible account in two thousand fifteen. I've downloaded eight hundred. Cause I have 1,925. I downloaded 800. They're not free, whatever the math is, whatever your me- membership times 12 divided by how many you download. That's the number. So it's $240 a year. And I have 800. I that's, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, okay. Here's the uh, listening time total 11 months, eight days, 19 hours and 12 minutes. We're almost at a year. Yeah. We're almost, almost there. At-
0: I thought you were actually uh, already past the years.
1: <laughs> no, well, and I have—I uh, didn't do a lot of physical books until about two years ago or so. Okay. And it was always audible, and um, or it was a physical in the beginning. And then I moved totally audible because.
0: So, quick, quick question for oh, you. I'm just curious. Yeah, I was going to show some more. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so Carl
1: Popper. I really recommend yeah. now these books. You're not going to. You may not know what they're talking about. Good. Yeah. Look up words. That's what I do. What, does, what is a word? A word is energy. Because context. If you string together a sentence and a paragraph, you're going to see something others may not see. Now, if you see something others may not see that you can actually quantify, and ca- free market capitalism gives the individual the ability to quantify things other people can't see. So reading and writing... And speaking and listening, they lower the margin of investment in whatever one's doing in business, whether employer or employer, and they increase the margin of what one could ascertain from a, set, from a perceived client um, unquantifiably. It comes down to what you're willing to ask for. And uh, always in business, in the history of business, one had to get to a certain level before they can get into a certain room. All that's over because the world is flat. The world is flat. So if one knows, basically, to be at the bottom of the pole where you don't have hundreds of employees and millions a year in, in, in overhead, and you but you can make enough where you can pay your bills and save, which takes time on its own right, I would argue anyone that focuses the majority of their time learning on their own will be able to be in a position where they can actually mentor The highest level person in their whole industry, if they do it, if they focus for six months, a year, year and a half, and that's where they could do the biggest deal of their life. I'm living proof of that. I have done that and continue to do that. And anyone can listen to that on the Culture Matters podcast where I interview my potential clients. Mm -hmm. That's the social opportunity. Throw the race war to the side. Throw all this to the side. Focus on yourself while learning about those things. Bring those things back. Don't just be, you know, head to the ground. If you, we, we need you, everyone listening. We need you to speak up. We need you to share your thoughts. We need you to disagree. So that's my two cents or 18 cents on a uh, on reading. <laughs> I have more books to show, but uh, we'll do that next time. Yeah. People, yeah. What were you going to say? You,
0: no, yeah. no, I'll, I'll hold that question for next time. That'll be good. So oh, I'm got, excited. Got to listen to the next one to get the question. <laughs> um, so Culture Matters podcast and anywhere else people. The Culture can... Matters podcast.
1: Just go there and subscribe. And this is how you're going to do it. Every episode you listen to, I am acting out humility. I have my own thoughts and opinions and things. It's an interview. It, uh, it, that's the frame. That's people invested in it. So I prepared for a few hours and I'm asking questions because I want to learn. And I don't know where I'm going. So when you listen to it, listen to what they're not saying. Listen to what the guests are not saying and enjoy the show. I just go subscribe there. That's it. One place. Perfect. You like me, you'll find me. I don't actually, um, I have zero investment in that, <laughs> but do that
0: with me. Learn with me. That's what I would say. Yeah. Until next time, brother. Thank you, Tyler. <laughs> Unite show is sponsored by authorsunite.com.
1: Your one-stop shop for becoming a profitable author and maximizing your impact.